Good morning. How are you guys doing today? You guys doing all right? Awesome. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome you today. I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. And I want to thank everybody who subscribed to our YouTube channel. We went over a thousand subscribers today. Come on, that's pretty awesome. So thank you so much for subscribing and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right. We had to press pause on our Shaken series. Uh, Dalton and Pastor Don, they did such a great job talking about identity and humility. Come on, did they do such a great job the last two weeks and bringing the word and, and just two subjects that we, you know, you can't talk enough about identity and humility. And so uh, I'm just going to recap and just uh, remind us of what the first two parts were, and then we'll jump into part three. Uh, really quick, you should have uh, got one of these on the way in. Uh, we're going to be taking communion today. It's really, uh, we really value taking communion uh, as a community every single month. Um, it, it's not out of religious obligation, but it's out of relationship that we get to do that. And so I'm going to transition us. Uh, after the, the message, it's going to be part of our response time today. And so if you didn't get one of these, I'll make sure that you get one of these before we take communion today. All right? Cool. Okay, let me, let me recap really quick part one and two. Part one, we talked about when God shakes the earth. Our lives, everybody's life has been shaken up over the last year. Nobody's life is the same as it was a year ago with, with your job, with your career. Maybe you're working from home now. Uh, maybe you're homeschooling your kids now, or, or maybe you're doing partial uh, in school and then some online. And, and man, just our lives have been all shaken up. Mask, not wearing masks. Our lives have been shaken. Everybody's life is different. And what's important to know is what season that we're in. When God shakes up the earth, it's important to know what season that we're in. Because if we don't know what season of life that we are in, it is very difficult to get clarity. It's very difficult to get clarity what God is doing in the season. Okay, and so the season that we're in today, we, we talked about it, the season of the struggle bus. Come on, somebody. We're all on a struggle bus. We're all struggling with something today. But several weeks ago, many of us needed to fire our bus driver, right? Because it's one thing to struggle, but it's another thing to have hopelessness driving your bus. Because your bus driver is driving you somewhere. And so many of, you, many of you need to fire your bus driver and let hope drive your bus, right? Because it's one thing, man, we're on the struggle bus, but as long as hope is driving us, we're going to experience all that God has in store for our life. And then the other thing was, don't struggle alone. Don't ride your bus named struggle by yourself. Invite people on your struggle bus. It's one of the reasons why we have a prayer cove and we have prayer partners. And I encourage everybody to get prayer every single Sunday because it's important that you don't isolate yourself and, and you don't struggle by yourself. It's very important to us here today. Okay. And then part two of shaken maturity is the goal, right? Maturity is the goal is that we're always growing in the things of God. Maturity is the goal. Part three today 
The title of the message is The Weapon of Worry. The Weapon of Worry. Come on, let's pray, and then we'll get into God's Word today. Father, I thank you for this moment. Jesus, I thank you for every person that's in this place today. It is not by mistake that they're here and watching online right now. Holy Spirit, we just come against every attack of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. We bind and rebuke every attack that the enemy is trying to distract us with right now in our hearts and our minds, Father. We just ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you'd open our hearts and minds to your wisdom, to your word, Father, to everything that you have in store for us right now in this moment. This moment is yours, God. So Father, I just ask that you'd help me get out of the way. All of you and none of me in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. The weapon of worry. The weapon of worry. I think many of us haven't looked at the subject of worry as a serious issue. And it's so serious that there's two things, when we talk about this next week, there's two things that stop us from maturing, and that is worry and complaining. We're going to talk about complaining next week, and we're going to be talking about the story of the Israelites, how they end up staying in the wilderness for 40 years because they couldn't stop worrying and complaining. And it's, it's something that we need to really recognize and take serious. That worry and complaining is a problem to the point where it's stopping us growing in all the things that God has in store for our lives. When we worry, this is what worry tells God. Worry tells God, you're not doing a very good job. And complaining tells God, I could do better. When we worry, the message that we're sending to God is you are not doing a very good job. And when we complain, it tells God, I can do better on my own. And the reason why we're going to talk about worry today before we talk about complaining is because many times worry is the, re- is the root of our complaining. I'm going to say it again because it was so good it went over your head. Many times our worry is the root of our complaining. Complaining is just the byproduct of our worry. Let me give you an example. The reason why you complain about your job and your boss is probably because you're worried that you might not get recognized at work. You might not get a promotion or you might get fired. You see, many times worry is the root of our complaints. The reason why you complain about your spouse is because you're worried that your relationship will never get better. Or worse, you're worried that you might get divorced. Many times the reason why we're complaining is because the root of our complaining is we're worried about things. We're worried about our finances. I'm never going to get out of debt. And so we just complain and complain and complain. Worry and complaining are so serious. They stop us from living the abundant life that God has called us to live. Living in the blessings and favor of God is not automatic. And you're going to see this in more detail next week. Living in the blessing and favor of God is not automatic. Living in God's grace is automatic. Living in God's love is automatic. 
Receiving God's forgiveness is automatic. But living in His favor and blessing is not. It actually takes obedience on our part and faithfulness on our part to experience all that God has in store for our lives. So worry is one of the subjects that Jesus specifically talks about. Now, I know some of you are already having difficulty processing this, and the reason why you're having difficulty processing this is because worry and anxiety has been so normalized in our culture. It's literally like, oh, this is just something that we have to deal with. And it's because we don't view worry as a demonic weapon that is being shot at us every single day. Jesus says this in Luke 12, 25-26. He says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Now, I just want you to imagine for a moment, you're sitting in a small group with Jesus. And He's looking at you. And He asks you a question. And He knows all of your worries. And He looks at you and He says, has worry ever made your life better? Now, in the context of this passage, the, the disciples are worried about food and clothing. And Jesus is like, man, has worry ever made your life better? Worrying about small things. And then he continues and he says, and if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? If worry can't fix small things in your life, why do we think they're going to fix big things? Worry has never made our lives better. Now, does that mean that there's not things in this world to be worried about? Oh no, there, there's things to be worried about. There's, there's a lot of things to be worried about. About like, like our government is printing eighty billion dollars a day. Our our, our economy, the, the jobs report, like oh oh, there's things to be worried about. But Jesus says, man, worrying about them doesn't make them better. Luke twenty one thirty four through thirty five. Jesus says this about worry. He says, watch out. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness. I want to to stop there for a moment, okay? This is like a revelation that I had a couple weeks ago as I was reading this passage of Scripture. I think most of us in this room and watching online can agree. I want to say most of us because some of us are still in denial today. Most of us would, would agree that being a drunk is bad. Being an alcoholic and, 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 and getting drunk all the time is bad for our physical health and mental health. I don't, I don't think I've ever met anyone, and listen, I came out of that, that world. I don't know if I've met anyone that has told me, you know what, I just need to get wasted and then make really important decisions because I nail them when I'm drunk. Right? Like our decision making like doesn't go up, right? And I think everybody can agree being a drunk is bad. This is what Jesus is saying. It literally dulls our heart. 
Now listen, I'm not, I'm not talking about having a glass of wine or, or, or having a beer with, with dinner. I'm not talking about that. And either is Jesus. Jesus is talking about being drunk. And so I, I think we can all see, yeah, being drunk is not good for our health. It really hurts our, our physical bodies, our kidneys, and, and all of that, and, 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 our, and our brains. And it's not good for our mental health to be drunk. Some of you are mean drunks, and so we really don't, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, and so we can all agree that, that being a drunk is not good. And then Jesus continues and says, and by the worries of this life. And so what Jesus is saying here, he compares the effect of being drunk to the effects of being a worry wart. Jesus is saying the same effects of being a drunk and making decisions and how it physically affects our, our, our mental capacity and our physical bodies. Worry does the same thing. Yet some of you today, you don't believe me. And here's the thing, it's because, it's because we like, there, there's a part of us that, that kind of likes to worry. I mean, we really like to complain. Just wait till next week, okay? Because it feels good. It feels good to, to sometimes worry about things and, 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 and complain about things. And so, and because it's been so normalized in our culture, oh yeah, you deal with anxiety, me too, and, and I worry all the time, and that, that's fine. Yet Jesus says, watch out. Why does he say watch out? He says, don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap. He's saying that worry is like a trap. It's like a bear trap that you step in, and it literally does not let you move forward to the things that God has in store for our lives. Now, most of us would say, yeah, being a drunk is a trap, right? It, does, it doesn't allow us to move forward. But some of us would say, no, worry's fine. It's because we don't view worry as a weapon, a demonic weapon from Satan that he's shooting at us over and over and over and over again. And he's used this pandemic to heighten social anxiety and, and, and depression, and he's just used it. And the reason why many of us, we still struggle with it and we still have issues with it is because we haven't gotten aggressive with it the way God is asking us to get aggressive with it. We haven't seen it as a weapon from Satan. We haven't viewed it as like a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on earth. And so... Don and I don't watch a lot of commercials since the invention of the DVR. Great invention. We used to never watch TV. Uh, it was just very hard. I mean, before that, it was very hard to, to figure out how to record something on a VCR. Anybody remember that, those days? Come on. Like VCR, you just had to, oh man, you need a degree in, in, in engineering to figure that out. And so we, we just never watched TV until the DVR. And uh, I really don't like commercials, but sometimes, you know, I'm watching a live sporting event and, and I'll see a commercial. But I think all of us have seen one of these commercials before and we can relate to this. You know, uh, it's like a drug commercial and it's like a very like bright and happy commercial. And it's like a couple riding bikes in the park and, and it's giving all of these, you know, great benefits of this new drug. And, and, and the drug might like lower cholesterol or something, or, or uh, um, blood pressure or something, and, and just giving all these great things about this drug, and, 
they're riding, you can ride a bike in the park, and it's great, you know? And, and right, it's just like, oh, this is awesome. And then literally like the last seven seconds of the commercial, like the person changes their voice to like, to like a dark whisper, you know? And they just rattle off all the side effects, right? Like, drug may cause severe diarrhea, <laughs> internal bleeding, and violent vomiting. And and they're hoping that you've already gone on from the commercial, but I'm like, you know, maybe I should just eat better and exercise. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the side effects sound worse than the drug, right? And, and so I want to read for you today from WebMD. This is not from a, a Christian website or anything like that, okay? This is from health professionals. The side effects when we worry. And I'm going to read it as though we're, we're watching one of those commercials, okay? Physical side effects of worry may be difficult swallowing, dizziness, dry mouth, fast heartbeat, fatigue, headache, inability to concentrate, irritability, muscle aches, muscle tension, nausea, nervous energy, rapid breathing, shortness of breath, Sweating, trembling, twitching, suppression of the immune system, digestive disorders, muscle tension, short-term memory loss, premature coronary heart disease, heart attack, depression, suicidal thoughts. <laughs> Worry can affect your daily life so much that it may interfere with your appetite, lifestyle habits, relationships, sleep, and job performance. Many people who worry seek relief in harmful habits, such as overeating, cigarette smoking, or using alcohol and drugs. Please consult your physician before you worry. Well, that's going to make you think twice before... Jesus is talking about here. He's just like, man, worry is bad for your body, your physical body, and your mental health. That's why he, he describes it and, and he loops it in to the same thing that alcohol does to your body, worry does to your body. You make poor decisions when you've given your, yourself over to worry and anxiety. And again, it's because it's been so it's been so culturally acceptable, and it's because we don't view it what it is. It is a demonic attack from Satan. Listen, worry is one of his greatest things. Listen, worry does not come from God. Jesus talks about worry, not allowing worry into our hearts and our minds. So the good news is the Apostle Paul talks about how we can fight. How can we fight worry and anxiety. Because listen to me, we can't avoid it. We're not going to be able to avoid worry and anxiety because it's a weapon that Satan uses against us. And he's shooting these darts over and over and over into our life. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, the Apostle Paul says this, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. 
We need to understand the weapon that we have is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not of this world. Thank God. And the Holy Spirit as a Christian lives inside of us. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. And so we have real power weapons living inside of us. On the contrary, they have divine power in the name of Jesus to demolish strongholds. Strongholds. Worry is a stronghold. Worry is trying to get a stronghold of your mind. Worry is trying to get a stronghold over your life. And when we open the door to worry and anxiety into our life, that's Satan's opportunity to build something in our lives. You see, when we open the door, when we crack the door to one worry, he sends another worry. And when we're okay with that worry, he sends another worry and another worry and another worry. We cannot let Satan have a stronghold in our lives because he'll just keep them coming. If we accept one, he'll continue bringing worry after worry after worry. Now listen, I'm not talking about concern. I'm not talking about discernment that comes from the Holy Spirit that tells you what's right from wrong, okay? I'm talking about when you create fake backstories in your mind about worst case scenarios. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you spend hours, some of you spend days creating fake backstories of things that will never happen. And we're opening our hearts and minds to Satan to have a field day with us. And this is the reason why, listen to me, this is the reason why, why, why some people haven't left their house in, in over a year is because they've just left the door to Satan to just come in and he just, he's building strongholds and walls uh, of worry and anxiety in their life. And it, many times it leads to depression. I mean, we saw all the side effects that happens when we give in to worry. We demolish arguments. Listen, worry is an argument against God. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Worry sets itself up to the knowledge of God. I started the message off today telling you what? Worry tells God you're not doing a very good job. Worry tells God you're not doing a very good job with my life. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, listen, we, we can't avoid worry. We can't. It is one of Satan's weapons. We just need to acknowledge that it's a weapon. It's an attack that is coming from the devil upon our lives, okay? And we need to take it captive. This is the power that we have through the Holy Spirit, that when Satan comes and he attacks us with worry, we can arrest we can arrest that worry and put it in prison, send it back to the pit of hell and take it captive in Jesus' name. Listen, we don't, man, so many times we're living with stuff in our lives that God never intended us to live with or struggle with. And the reason why is because we just lack the confidence 
Or, or maybe we just lack the understanding of what is happening to us. And that, that's my goal today is that we would understand when worry comes and anxiety comes and you start to feel it, that you would be able to cast that demonic spirit that is coming against you back to the pit of hell, that you would arrest it immediately and take it captive. Because we can't avoid it. Like, like this is one of his best tactics is worry and anxiety. And so we can't avoid it, but we can, we can take it captive quickly. Let me give you an example from my own life. So I didn't, I didn't get on an airplane until I was 19 years old. Uh, I grew up on a farm, okay? We didn't, we didn't go very many places, all right? We grew up on a farm, and, and so I, I flew for the first time when I was 19, and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I just loved the whole thing, right? The, the airport and, and being on the airplane and, and just... You know, looking out the window, you know, I just loved the whole thing. I loved the whole travel experience. And, and it was that way for, for many, many years. And uh, then I had kids. It's not the example you think I'm going to use, but <laughs> it does make traveling a lot harder. Um, and any time that I was by myself or just me and my wife when we were traveling, the moment I stepped on that airplane, worry and anxiety would just hit me like a cannonball. Would hit me like a cannonball. And, and, and listen, I grew up during 9-11, okay? And so I get on the plane and I'm looking for the terrorist. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, maybe it's that guy. I think I can take that guy. You know what I mean? And I, I, begin, I begin to create weird backstories in my mind that's creating anxiety and worry. And then I sit in the seat and, and man, I'm already like just worrying and having anxiety that, that this plane is going to crash, that the pilot is drunk and he's going to, you know, put this thing right into the side of a mountain or something like that. All of a sudden I'm just, you know, and then turbulence comes. Oh my Lord. You know, turbulence comes and I'm just freaking out. And I was just, man, I was just struggling with, with this because the effects would, would last after I got off the airplane. It, it started affecting my sleep. It just started affecting my daily thoughts. And, and I was like, God, what is wrong with me? Like, what, why, why does this trigger me? What, what, is, what is happening to me that I'm all of a sudden struggling with worry and anxiety? And one of the things that I was afraid of, one of the things that I was worried about is that my two sons would grow up without a dad. That, that was just, that was the thought over and over and over in my mind, that my two sons would grow up without their dad. And, and, and that was the only thought. It would just keep pounding in my mind. Just so anxious and so worried about that. I'm like, God, what, what's the problem? What is the root of this worry and anxiety that I have? And God spoke something very hard to me. And he said, Andrew, you don't trust me with your kids. That's the reason why you have so much worry and anxiety over that. Because it, it lasted, after I got off the airplane, you know, I'm thinking that my kids are going to be kidnapped in the middle of the night, and, and just whole backstories, like they're going to be lost in the woods. You know, just whole backstories, just terrible things. And, and God said, listen, Andrew, you don't trust me with your kids. And whenever we worry and have anxious thoughts about anything, that's the area of our lives we don't trust God in. 
So just take inventory right now. Right now, as you're sitting here, what are some things that you're worried about? What are some things that you have anxiety about? Those most likely are the areas that you don't trust God in. And the moment I began to trust God, and that the moment I began to trust God in that worry and that anxiety, God didn't remove it from me, but it got better. Okay, but I realized, listen to me, I realized that airplanes, when I'm flying alone, trigger me. And that's one of the things that we need to understand. We need to start figuring out, ask the Holy Spirit, God, what is triggering me in this area that's making me give my life over to worry and anxiety? Because now, before I ride an airplane, I can prepare for the attack that the enemy is going to assault me with. And I can take those thoughts captive quicker. I can arrest those thoughts quicker. Not that they're not going to come. The attack is still going to come. We need to understand that the attack is still going to come. Satan is still going to throw these darts of worry and anxiety. But it's attached to where we're lacking trust in God. Some of you, you're worried about your, your relationship and your marriage. And it's because you, you don't trust God with your marriage. You're worried about finances. You're struggling with money, and it's because you don't trust God with your money. Listen, I know when I'm preaching good, you clap. When I'm, when I'm preaching really, really good, nobody says anything. I said, I know this is a real problem, and we need to start seeing worry for what it is. It is attack from the enemy, and we have the power through the Holy Spirit to arrest that worry and anxiety, take that thought captive, and send it back to the pit of hell. We're going to end with this passage today, Philippians 4, 6-7. And this is the Apostle Paul, and he says, don't worry about anything. Now, the backstory of the Apostle Paul is literally, if anybody had to worry about their life, it was him. He had no idea when would be his last breath. Like, like every day, well, today might be my last day. Today might be my last hour, last minute. Like he didn't know when he was going to be killed. And this is how he starts off his passage. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Some of you are like, that's really simple. Or maybe today some of you are like, Pastor, I've prayed about it, and it just won't go away. I've tried, I pray, but it's not working. Listen, you're going to have to take some action steps today, okay? One, some of you are going to need to write that, whatever that thing is that you don't trust God in, whatever that thing is that you're worrying and anxious about, you need to write it down on a piece of paper. You need to stick it to the cross and say, in Jesus' name, it is finished. Jesus is on that cross. It is finished. And you, you, you need to write that thing down and you need to say, in Jesus' name, it is finished. And you need to walk out of here without carrying that worry and anxiety. And then there's some of you, you need to go get prayer. Man, you need to invite someone on your struggle bus of worry because you're, it's not happening by yourself. 
Jesus says, man, where two or three are gathered, I am there. Man, if two agree upon anything on earth, it shall be done. There's just an added power element, man, when two people pray about things. And so, man, I want some of you, listen, you're going to need to get prayer today. And if you're, you're already sweating, okay, you're, you're, you're getting nervous, okay, what did we talk about last week? We talked about humility. Some of you today, you're going to have to humble your heart. If you want to be set free from worry and anxiety, you need to humble your heart today and you need to invite someone into your struggle and get prayer because some of you today, for the first time, you're going to walk out of here worry-free, anxiety-free, and you're going to experience the freedom of God like you've never had before. Tell God what you need. Tell him what you need. God's not scared of your anxiety. He's not scared of your worry. Tell him. He cares. Thank him for all he's done. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. It's a supernatural peace. This is a supernatural peace. That when worry and anxiety come, some of you are just like, man, Pastor, I just, I can't see it. It's because it's supernatural. When you let God into every space of your life and say, God, I'm going to trust you with my whole life, even my kids or my marriage or my health. I'm going to let you in every area. Yes, it's scary. But this is when God comes in and does supernatural things. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you will live in Christ Jesus. The whole world could be falling apart. And we can have peace. Because we know that God's in control. We know that God's bigger than all of our problems and issues and struggles. Come on, don't go another minute allowing worry and anxiety to ravage your life. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes today as we pray. And maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus, and I need to today. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth, you've drifted from God, and you've just been, and you've just been in the worries of life and the anxieties of life. And today's the day where you're going to recommit your life to Christ. You're going to follow Jesus. You're going to trust him with your whole life. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Just slip up your hand. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. And you just put it down. Thank you, God. And I would just ask this morning that we'd all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.